0: The following is a paid program. The opinions expressed are those solely of the broadcaster and not necessarily those of WVON, Midway Broadcasting Corporation, or our participating sponsors.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Safer Transitions, a weekly radio show produced by the Safer Foundation. Uh, We're really happy to be here with you. It's a beautiful, beautiful day in Chicago. Maybe spring is finally on the way. I'm Victor Dixon, President and CEO of the Safer Foundation, and I'm joined by my co-host here in the studio, Tony Lowry, our Associate Vice President of community, Community Housing. Tony, how are you today?
0: A great, Victor. Beautiful day and uh, always a great time here in the historic WVON studios.
1: That's absolutely right. Uh, We're also joined here in the studio by uh, Sadika Williams. Sadika is our uh, vice president and and general counsel. She handles all of our external affairs and uh, policy and advocacy work. And today we'll be discussing what's happening to positively impact policies and legislation to eliminate barriers for people with criminal records and create new opportunities for them in employment, housing, and other areas. And for those of you that are listening who are not familiar with the Safer Foundation, uh, we're a 46-year-old organization that uh, supports people with arrest and conviction records uh, before they're released from jail and prison, or if they're out in the community, Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of record they have, uh, if they need support. Uh, we'll help them. We try and help people really move towards employment and all of the uh, supportive services that they need to, to ensure that they can become employable. So that includes job training and placement, uh, GED programs, housing, expunging and sealing records, mental health referrals, substance abuse treatment, etc. So Tony, uh, if somebody's interested in our services, uh, can you let them know how they can reach us?
0: Yes, Victor. Uh, SAFER operates in and around the Chicagoland area. Our main office is at 571 West Jackson Street. We have additional locations. Our community-based site is 808 South Kesey. We have a site in the belmont Cragen community at 6352 West Grand Boulevard. And also we're in South Holland at 249 West 162nd Street. And we also have a location in the Quad Cities. That's the Rock Island, Davenport area, and that office is at 1702 North Main Street on the other side of the river in Davenport, Iowa. Safer also has a mobile unit that can bring services to your community
1: in any area of the city. Well, that's great. Uh, You can also learn more about Safer Foundation at www.saferfoundation.org. You can contact us at SaferTransitions at saferfoundation.org or by calling us at 888-972-3374. You can also reach us on social media at Safer Foundation on Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, we also are going to have some guests joining us today by phone, and uh, we'll be talking to them very shortly. Illinois State Representative LaShawn Ford is scheduled to join us, and Beth Johnson, the Senior Policy Advisor for the Cabrini Green Illegal Aid. Uh, the reason we have this show, uh, as many people know, we have a large, large number of people with criminal records. Around the country, 70 to 100 million people. Here in Illinois, uh, 4.2 million people, about 40 percent of our adult population that has an arrest or conviction record. And that that's very significant, Tony, because, you know, when you have a record, uh, you have all sorts of obstacles uh, that you face because of that record. Um, just, Tony, can you just mention a few of the things that become barriers to people when they have a record?
0: Well, Victor, the the criminal record is one of the biggest barriers a person will ever face. Uh, The collateral consequences of that record can deny people opportunities for employment, for housing, and educational opportunities. And what we've been seeing over the years as safer is that The impact of criminal justice, the impact of the criminal record disproportionately impacts minority communities. So the communities that we know that have been struggling generationally are communities where the biggest impact of the criminal record is being felt.
1: And, you know, with uh, 4.1 million people in our state with arrest and conviction records, uh, when 40% of the people that are released from prison in Illinois come back to Cook County, that means that a large number of people here in the Chicago area, surrounding suburban uh, uh, towns, uh, have records, uh, probably more than 40%. Um, that's significant. That means that, you know, those of you that are listening, uh, surely someone in your family, a friend, a neighbor, um, somebody that you know has a record and can benefit from the services and the programs that we have to offer. So we just want to make you aware of the fact that we are a resource, and if you know somebody that needs our assistance, uh, please have them reach out to us. So um, we want to... uh, Begin to uh, uh, discuss some of the some of the things that we're doing on today's show about policy advocacy and legislation. So, uh, Sadika, I, I'm going to ask you if you could just give our listening audience a brief overview of what Save for that Foundation does in the area of policy uh, advocacy and legislative work.
2: Sure. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, So SAFER primarily, uh, well, we work with a number of stakeholders, but we try to remove barriers for employment for the people that we serve. And, of course, there are a number of um, other areas that in order to be successful at employment um, that we also would advocate on behalf of. But at the national level, we try to make sure that when we talk about criminal justice reform, that employment is also included as a critical component of any conversation because we understand that employment is is one of the most effective means in terms of helping individuals uh, stabilize and get their lives back on track. Um, So that includes advocating for funding for people uh, when it comes to skills, training, and and employment. Um, Also increasingly as we look uh, at uh, substance use issues, making sure that there's adequate funding, and also that that will come to the local level um, because a lot of what is going on at the national level will eventually come to the states, um, in particular Illinois. So we want to make sure that whatever whatever the conversation is there, that we can be at the table and influence so that anything that's happening here in the state of Illinois will reflect that. Also, in, in Illinois, we work to remove uh, those same barriers. We work in the General Assembly, and we work at the uh, local levels. But another critical po- uh, component of what we do is education. Um, people think, oh, a person has a record, you know, um, that's distanced and removed from myself. But as you heard Victor say... One in three individuals in America have a record. That is, it could be anyone that you know. So I, I think that we, we work to try to get people to understand how close to home this is and that it affects us all. In particular, we uh, we try to educate the employers that we work with on the benefits of, of hiring a person with a record. It's, it's just not the right thing to do. It's the smart thing to do in terms of business, especially as uh, our workforce um, needs those critical individuals to to. To join in the economy. Um, We also try to educate our legislators on why it's critically important that we invest in people and not just uh, property and that we give them the skills, we give them the education and training and the employment opportunities that they need. So that's what we do in a nutshell.
1: You know, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that because there's a lot of economic development uh, activity going on and we are always Uh, reminding um, everyone that economic development without human capital development, developing in the skills and the capabilities of the people that live in the communities, without that it's just uh, gentrification and that's it. And certainly uh, the people who have records uh, can really improve their lives when we invest in them. So uh, for our listeners, we invite you to join the discussion here at the station by calling 773-591-1690 or joining us via Twitter or Facebook at Safer Foundation. And if you're listening um, and you want to join in the conversation, we'd be interested in knowing what policy or legislative changes you think uh, need to be pursued to really help people who are returning citizens or others with arrest and conviction records. 773-591-1690. Uh, Sadika, you know, we have a policy institute at Safer Foundation. Can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the policy institute, what, what it is, and how can they get information about the Safer Policy Institute?
2: Sure. We The Safer Policy Institute, first, uh, it sends out a weekly update, and we are the belief that knowledge is always power, you know. And so – what that is is that it gives an update on what are some of the reentry events that are happening in the Chicago area, um, as well as some of the the bills um, as we're going through the General Assembly, um, as they come up for our voting um, a vote in committee, as well as the opportunity um, for you to follow those, so that if you're interested in actually being involved and uh, weighing in on those issues in terms of lending your support, you can do that. It also gives a recap from the reentry employment lens because there are several uh, 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 sources of information where you can get information regarding criminal justice, but this is really focused on the employment side. So it's analyzing what is going on, and it's really a good source of information um, so that people who are being impacted can, can uh, understand the changes, because there have been a lot of changes, and how they can benefit. We have linked to resources um, that they can take advantage of in terms of h- how to help themselves. Um, so for example, there is a, and we'll talk about this later, for ceiling, um, there's new notifications on there regarding new laws um, and resources to um, others that can help them. But you can access that by going to saferfoundation.org. And then you will see uh, uh, a link, and it's Safer Policy Institute, and there's a tab.
1: Well, thank you. thanks so much, and we hope everyone uh, gets a chance to go see what kind of resources and information are available on the website. Well, we have uh, two guests with us on the phone today. We're very delighted to have uh, our, our partners in a lot of this advocacy and legislative work. Uh, Illinois State Representative LaShawn Ford, who represents the 8th Legislative District, on Chicago's West Side, and Beth Johnson, Senior Policy Advisor for Cabrini-Green Legal Aid. Representative Ford and Beth, are you there? LaShawn, present. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hey, it's good good to hear your voice. Uh, Beth, are be you on with us?
3: I'm here as well. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, thank you for being here. Well, today we're talking about policy and legislative uh, actions and uh, Representative Ford, we uh, really appreciate your partnership over the years as we've worked on uh, knocking down some of these barriers for people with records. Um, I know you, you you've worked uh, recently on uh, some legislation that involves the immediate sealing of criminal records. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that legislation that you worked on and uh, what it addresses, what opportunities it creates for people?
4: Well, <clears throat> what it does is, it, I work with Dorothy Brown's office, and we were able to um, pass legislation that uh, would allow for individuals to um, immediately get their um, the records um, sealed, expunged, once they have been found to be um, innocent of some charges that they were um, uh, charged with. So the moment you leave the courtroom... You're able to, once you once the courts find you innocent of a crime that you were charged with, then you can automatically get that, um, you can apply with the courts to get that removed from your record. For instance, I was charged with like 17 counts of bank fraud um, some time ago, but I was, um, the, the cases were thrown out. But if these cases would still be on my record, because it's a fel- federal um, situation that I was dealing with, um, but if it's a state situation now, because of the law that was passed by the General Assembly and signed by the governor, after the case is over, you can automatically petition the courts to have those records sealed.
1: You know that that seems it, it, you know what by the fact that you had to go and push to get this law done, that suggests that people were being found innocent, but their records were still out there and uh, they had no way in the past to deal with that. Is that correct?
4: That's right. It's unfortunate that you, the fact that you were found to be innocent or the case may have been thrown out like my case was, um, but it's still on a person's record. And unfortunately, if you're found to be innocent of 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 a crime, then why would that be stuck with you for the rest of your life?
1: So, Representative, uh, what does uh, an individual have to Is there something that individual has to do, or is it is it really incumbent upon the court to do this uh, immediate sealing?
4: So that's, uh, you know, it, they still would have to apply. Um, so it allows them to... Um, once the, once the case is dismissed, they can automatically go to the court the same day to have the record sealed. It's unfortunate that the law is still uh, somewhat of a burden, whereas it should be the person, once they're found to be um, innocent or the case is thrown out, you would think that the courts would immediately not just seal it but expunge it from that person's record because they have been found to be innocent of the charges that were levied against them,
1: you know, uh, but,
4: but yeah. it still gives them, it still gives them an opportunity to get the record sealed. And that is a giant step for individuals that were charged with a uh, crime that they did not commit and were found to be
1: innocent. Yeah, this, this is definitely a huge step forward. Um, what will, will, when that happens, will the court notify the person how how would they know that they have a right to do this um yes
4: so the uh, attorneys um that's representing the um individuals and the courts have to let them know that they have a right to have the prosecutors that they have a right to have their records um, those records sealed
1: and and uh, representative ford is there any cost to, to the uh, individual for getting this done
4: There's a cost, but people have a right to ask for a waiver of those fees if they cannot afford it, if there's a hardship. And I know that um, people like uh, the Safer Foundation and Cabrini-Green help um, people with those um, fees if they need to find a way to get waivers. So I thank both of you, uh, Cabrini-Green Legal Aid uh, Beth Johnson and you for – for um, making sure that people know about the ability to have the hardship to waive those fees.
1: Well that's great. This is uh really really an important step forward and you know I'm on behalf of all of the, the people that we see who have uh, this issue uh, who didn't have this opportunity in the past, I mean we really appreciate you working on this and <laughs> i t- it right. and
4: I'll tell you, I'll tell you one example for me with my federal case that I had, I, even though they threw all 17 counts of bank fraud out. I applied for to go to, have, you know how you go to the airport yes, and you want to get, um, what is it? TSA, um, right. Uh, Pre-check. Go through TSA. Yeah. So they denied me because of the fact that I had those charges. And of course, you know, I know how to make sure that I'm treated just in this country as much as I can. I know how to fight. So for me, I had to fight and, you know, So I know what people go through.
1: Well, you know, that was a a good point you just made because uh, that's one of the reasons why we want to have these conversations and for the WVO and listeners uh, to hear this because uh, a lot of people, you know, who are not as as involved in the justice system and the legal system, they don't know what these recourses uh, that they may have. And and hopefully somebody listening will, will hear this, will realize that, Maybe they, uh, they had an arrest, they, they had a charge, the charge was dropped, uh, case was dropped, they're found innocent, but they never got their record sealed. Now they have an opportunity to do that. So that's really fantastic. Um, so, Representative, can you uh, uh, hold on? I think Tony has a yeah. question, and we, we'd like for you to sit in, if possible, on some of the uh, rest of the conversation. Yes, Victor, yes, and, uh,
0: and and thanks LaShawn for being on board, and I just want to let our audience know as far as LaShawn has been a true warrior in the fight for justice and opportunity for people with records ever since he first stepped into the Illinois General Assembly. He had introduced and passed the first ban the box bill in the history of the state of Illinois, but that legislation was subsequently vetoed by the governor, but we continue to fight to move forward, to give people an opportunity. He's a true champion representing people in his district in Austin, the West side in the Western suburbs. And uh, it's, it just fills my heart with joy to always have a conversation with LaShawn as far as knowing that he's a true warrior and a fighter for the people that we serve.
1: Yeah. And thank you so much, Tony. You know what? uh, Let me add to that because it's not just the people (laughs) on the West side of Chicago, everybody in the entire state, has benefited from this work, and we uh, really, really appreciate it. So, uh, Beth, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Cabrini-Green Legal Aid? And um, I know your organization worked on some uh, legislation to uh, seal records as well. So tell us uh, about what Cabrini-Green does, uh, the kind of things uh, that you offer to people with records, and, and about that new legislation as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we're like kindred spirits, Victor, um, our organization. You just celebrated your 46-year anniversary. We're celebrating 45 this year. 1973, we're founded out of Cabrini-Green, um, a church there, to be able to serve people that lived in that community with their legal needs. And anyone from Chicago knows Cabrini-Green today is nothing like it was back then. So we had to evolve with the community, which meant we no longer serve one neighborhood, but we serve all of Cook County and even the state of Illinois. The focus of our work over the last 10 years has been people impacted by the criminal system, much like your organization. Individuals with arrests and convictions face numerous barriers, and many of those barriers are legal legal barriers that laws prevent people from living somewhere, being somewhere, going to school somewhere, um, working somewhere. And so we help mitigate those barriers, um, primarily through record expungement and sealing, all other forms of relief a person can obtain, whether it's a health care waiver, a certificate of good conduct, or a pardon from the governor. We also have social support, social workers on staff that are addressing all the needs that a person might have legally that arises because of a past arrest or conviction. And we have a civil practice, too, that addresses housing and family law issues that impact people that are either in prison or jail at that moment or after the fact. Um, Primarily our services are done, um, we have an office over on the near northwest side over at 740 North Milwaukee, but we also operate help desks, out of the daily Center downtown and once a week at the Markham Courthouse where people can come and receive free legal assistance in petitioning the courts to take advantage of many of these laws that your organization and Representative Ford has fought for over the years to have better opportunities for folks. The ceiling legislation you talked about, um, everyone on this call knows sealing was a real battle to even get in the first place. Prior to 2005, if you had a conviction on your record, the only remedy you had was a pardon from the governor. Even if it was the most minor of offenses, the only place you could go was the governor of the state of Illinois. Hmm. When ceiling came about for the first time allowing mis- minor misdemeanors and just three felonies, for the first time, someone could go to the courts and ask to have their records removed from public view, so it no longer appear on background checks, removing those barriers to employment and housing and education. It was in 2011, I believe, Representative Ford, where we worked on the expansion of ceiling bill to increase that number from three to nine felonies, and that was a battle. It was a battle to have the General Assembly vote on legislation to allow these low-level felony convictions to be eligible for sealing. And through the perseverance of so many folks and and really good leadership in the General Assembly, um, times have changed recently. And last year, Illinois passed the largest sealing bill um, in the history of the United States. Today, all felony convictions, with very limited exceptions, are eligible for sealing through the courts and that was signed into law by the governor in august of 2017 it was effective immediately for people to start feeling the effects um... of that new law
1: well that's that is phenomenal uh... that's really something to have illinois leading in a positive way in this area so what is the difference between sealing and expunging records?
3: On its face, it appears the same. You're filing a petition with the court. You're asking the court to remove the records from public view, from both the courts and the police records. But what your record is, is what you're eligible for. Expungement is for non-conviction records. Okay. Uh, cases that you were found um, innocent of, they were dismissed, a sentence that's not a conviction, that's, those cases are eligible for expungement. Healing is a remedy for someone that has a conviction. So expungement's for non convictions, stealing is for convictions. But the process, the forms, uh, appearing in court, all of that is the same for both.
4: And and I must say that um, I saw that, uh, Mr. Victor, you you guys put in your newsletter about the um, expungement bill that's working its way through the General Assembly right now. Right. And um, to to expunge um, misdemeanor um, cannabis and paraphernalia um, convictions. Right. That bill fell short, fifty one uh, with fifty one votes, but it's on postponed consideration right now. And I worked with um, Durkin, uh, Leader Durkin, and the Republicans. And when we return to Springfield, we're going to expand um, expungements to convictions. Um, once we, we we're going to pass that like the second week of May so we're very excited that expungements will be expanded in Illinois
1: that's, fa- that's fantastic so representative uh, uh, now that you, you mentioned that what can the listeners do to, to really uh, you know encourage the legislature to act on some of these things uh, what, what would you tell the folks that are out there listening that they could do
4: That is so very important that I've learned so much about how government works. I watched how the civil rights movement operated. I watched how the women's movement, I didn't really live through those times, but as you read and you watch how um, policy changes and how society changes, you know that it's people that impact policy change. And you know, most recently, the movement of the um, of the gay and lesbian movement, the immigration movement; those are the modern day movements that have made their way into the public um, into uh, public policy. And it's the way the people operate to make government move. And when I think about all of the people, when I listen to your statistics that you say, on the commercial ad about how many people have backgrounds. I just think about how all of those people with backgrounds, plus the family members of those people with backgrounds, plus the people that love them, if they descended upon Springfield and if they descended upon the nation's capital, the problems that we're having giving people a second chance, a real second chance to get rid of those records will 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 be so easy. We will be able to change public policy with the mobilization of people that's affected by criminal records and our justice system. So we just have to fill the capitals and let people know that we demand change as relates to our criminal justice system. And we can no longer allow for policies to continue to enhance penalties but we need to roll back all of those Jim Crow policies to make sure that citizens in this country have a right to live a life of
1: liberty. You know, Representative Ford, uh, uh, that, is, I, that is exactly what needs to happen. Uh, April was uh, deemed uh, second chance a month. And, you know, maybe we should, we should work on uh, some kind of event down in Springfield during Second Chance Month next year, uh, I was there in Springfield this past Wednesday and it was flooded with people who were there uh, going to all the legislators' uh, offices and they were passing out information about their gun rights, their Second Amendment rights. Right. I mean, hundreds of people just swarming the Capitol, uh, providing information and demanding their rights. So we've got to think about how we do that, how we mobilize people, their families, their families. Uh, to get to Springfield and really uh, push to have these changes happen.
3: And and that's how the feeling passed last year. Every single week there were individuals with criminal records in Springfield lobbying for that bill to be passed. And that powerful movement of week after week of people being there, that can only grow. And that was the only yes. reason that hearts and minds were able to change was that weekly presence. Just like every interest oh. group out there has lobbyists, they were their own lobbyists passing that bill last year.
4: And I this is and, and I gotta give it to Beth and and and, um, and Tony for you know, actually giving the people the the heart and the energy and the belief that they could come in and demand that the laws change. I don't care what legislator you deal with. If you have people that come to Springfield and demand change, and they're serious, even the hardest, hardcore Republican will bend. And the people that came down to help expand the uh, ceiling bill, they meant business, and, they, and, and it, it made all the difference. It's unbelievable. It just made me so proud. that, And I watched how Beth and, and Tony just stepped back and said, this is, this is your movement. And they did it. I, and, uh, it just makes me feel so good because there is no other issue in America like the, uh, like the criminal justice system and getting rid of these records for people that are reformed so that they could take care of their families. That is the movement that we must have in America, and that's going to make all our lives better.
1: Well, that's great. Well, we're going to do our part to try to make sure that we uh, help that movement grow. We have a caller who's been waiting quite a while on uh, line one. Uh, Ice, are, are you on the line? He, uh, he has a question. He or she has a question. Hello. Hello. How are you today? i yeah.
5: Yes, yeah, I'm listening to the program. It's a very good program. I just wanted to ask the, just a couple of questions dealing with housing for uh, people who have been incarcerated and uh, getting out of jail and leaving the halfway house and, and uh, this situation here. Uh, I know that the Safer Foundation does an excellent job in advocating for policies such as uh, ban the box, uh, helping uh, 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 former uh and need to uh, get jobs and so forth and so on. But here in the city, <clears throat> just like the state, and I'm sure <clears throat> in some other states, we have a problem with people discriminating against us in the housing situation. Uh, what I'm saying is that even though you have a job and you're doing trying to do all the right things, you cannot – find uh, housing that uh, one that you probably can't afford because you do have a job, but but once they do your criminal background and they find that uh, you have a felony or you've been incarcerated or you're on parole, you know, you will be uh, uh, discriminated against. And particularly here in the Chicago area, you know, you cannot get into public housing. Uh, It's very hard to get into private housing. And then all of housing, particularly anything that's decent in the city or in the surrounding area, uh, they're going to uh, require a criminal background check so my question to the safer foundation and also to the uh, state representative there uh and uh to your person who's dealing with policy are you all uh lobbying and advocating for this because you all have done such a good job on these other issues but housing is a very critical issue for returning the. uh, uh Citizens, if you would, uh, coming up out of the uh, jail, and now uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hang up and listen to your response. Thank you very uh,
1: much, Ice. Thank you so much for your questions. A very important question. And Tony, why don't we let you take the first crack at that one? Uh, since you you focus on housing. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Thanks, Victor. And and I'm glad Ice Please. talked about that because the uh, uh, the housing work that we've done over the last year has really been transformational for people with criminal records. We had worked closely with the Chicago Housing Authority and with St. Leonard's Ministry and other uh, social services organizations, Chicago Coalition of the Homeless, to bring the first reentry pilot program in the history of Chicago Housing Authority that allowed people with criminal records to come into public housing, but they also get Section 8 vouchers. So, again, this was really a monumental event for public housing because, as you said, housing discrimination, housing segregation, In the city of Chicago is a major issue, most landlords, and I've been a Section 8 landlord for the past 15 years. Most landlords do the background checks, and then they will discriminate against people with criminal records no matter how long the record has been and again there isn't an individual determination in the mind of a landlord they just see the record and they will discriminate but what we have done as far as looking at opportunities to expand our housing portfolio at safer foundation where we can provide more opportunities exclusively for people with records to get housing but the cha housing pilot allow 50 people with records to get CHA vouchers and move into public housing. It also provided a family reintegration component where if a person is part of a reentry program such as SAFER, we can make a recommendation and application that they rejoin their family in Section 8 or public housing. The family has the last say-so, but again, we've opened the doors to the opportunity because we understand for a person, as I like to say to stay free, they need – adequate housing and aid in employment because 75% of recidivism happens in the first nine months of release. So we've been working on that. We have a long way to go, but I think what has happened with the reentry pilot now is a national model for other public housing authorities across the country to open up the door to provide housing for people with criminal records.
1: You know, Tony, I want to add, there is an, also an in- initiative underway uh, uh, really mandated by by uh, law for the Illinois Housing Development Authority and the Illinois Department of Corrections to work together on a subsidy program that would provide housing for people who are uh, coming out of prison. And so um, you know we're in, involved in, in some of that effort, but hopefully uh, very soon there will be some recommendations about how we can Im- improve the access to housing in the private market. Um, as well as, uh, as you mentioned, doing some work to build more housing. And, and, and can so, I just
2: add to that? Um, mm-hmm. and, and for our legislative priority at the national and the local levels, we will be focusing focusing on housing as
1: well. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We do have another question, Beth, for you when we come back from the break. One of our online listeners wants to know why the expungement process is so slow in Illinois. But we're going to take a quick minute break. We'll be right back. We're on W V O N, the talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation, iHeartRadio. This is Safer Transitions. We'll be right back. WBON
0: dot, 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 dot com, 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 com the website.
5: Check it out.
6: America
5: Sweet. Hi, this is Cliff Kelly, WVON host and honored veteran. Inviting you to listen every Saturday from four to five PM as I host America's Heroes Group, where we speak truth to power regarding the treatment of veterans, retired and active. Discussing concerns for affordable housing, social services, Medicare, and all services geared toward veterans. America's Heroes Group, where we speak truth to power.
6: Safer Foundation is hiring. There are immediate needs for intensive case managers and correctional security officers, many of whom have gone on to build successful careers in corrections and law enforcement. SAFER offers a competitive salary, generous benefits, and a leadership team that's committed to making SAFER a great place to work. Check out these and other career opportunities today at saferfoundation.org forward slash careers.
4: Are you in need of a one-stop shop for all of your construction needs? Safer Foundation Social Enterprise Reconstruction Technology Partners is a full-service construction company that provides a wide variety of expert building and repair services. Visit us online at rtpchicago.com or call us for a free consultation at 872-444-5595. Are you or someone you know with an arrest or conviction record struggling to find employment or looking to advance your career? Then go to saferfoundation.org/events and you'll find a list of upcoming sessions that will give you information about a wide variety of employment and career building opportunities. Find out more information at
1: saferfoundation.org/events or on our Facebook page
0: Wvon.com, The website. Check it out.
1: Welcome back to Safer Transitions here on WVON. Uh, we are here in the studio with Sonika Williams, General Counsel for Safer, Tony Lowry, who's the uh, AVP of uh, Community Housing. We have on the phone Representative LaShawn Ford and uh, Beth Johnson from Cabrini Green Legal Aid. If you want to call in, the number here is 773-591-1690, or you can contact us via Twitter or Facebook at Safer Foundation. So, uh, Beth, why does the expungement process in Illinois take so long? Why is it so slow?
3: There's been nothing more frustrating lately than filing petitions to expunge or seal in the city of Chicago primarily. Once the law was expanded in August of 2017, more and more people became eligible to petition the courts. And there were only so many court dates that were set in advance. And soon, the time between when you filed to when you actually went before a judge kept increasing. It was about 90 days. After the ceiling law passed, it was four months, five months, six months, all the way up to 10 months from the date of filing. Our staff um, advocated to bring together the chief judge, um, the presiding judge, the clerk's office, and the state's attorneys And just recently, um, everyone acknowledged the issue that Chicago is having, and they're revamping the system. No longer are you going to receive a court date when you file, because everyone that filed had to go to court. And when you went to court, you found out whether the state's attorney objected or not. So now the only individuals that will be getting court dates are those with an objection, and they will no longer be so far out. The law says they have 60 days to object, And so if there's no objection during that time frame, you'll be getting your orders back in the mail. And if there is an objection, it'll be a more timely court date. But it was a huge problem that was the result of the huge benefit the state felt, the volume of petitions filing, which is a good thing. More people are eligible, but it's a bad thing to wait so long. And so luckily all the stakeholders came together, and we should see improvements in the very near future.
1: Okay, Beth, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, good to hear that uh, hopefully there's some relief around the corner. Now, if a person uh, wants the support of Cabrini Green Legal Aid, what's the cost uh, to them for your services?
3: So anyone that visits our help desks at the Daily Center, which is open Monday through Thursday in the morning, and then at Markham on Wednesdays, there's no cost to anyone to come to us. Um, Anyone that's referred through a partner agency, there's no cost. We do have a $20 intake fee, a one-time cost for individuals that are seeking services in our other areas of law, such as criminal defense, housing, or family. Um, But that's the only fee that would ever be charged to somebody in those limited situations.
0: And I just wanted to add on, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the upcoming Expungement Summit, on june 2nd at kennedy king college with beth does a tremendous job training all the other attorneys on expungement law where i think this year because of the new ceiling legislation we will probably have massive crowds again so again that event is june 2nd at kennedy king college and it is i think the 11th annual clerk of the circuit courts expungement summit where cabrini green and safer will have prominent roles and sponsorship at the
1: at this event well, that's a great opportunity. Uh, we have a caller on line one. I think Beth, there's another question for you. So, caller, are you there?
5: Yes, my question is: um, in, in Indiana, you can have a adult felony conviction expunged. In Indiana, you can also have a felony reduced to a misdemeanor. In Michigan, you can have an adult felony conviction expunged. In Missouri. You can have an adult felony conviction expunged. There are several states where you can have adult felony convictions: uh, New Jersey, California. What it's taking, Illinois. Who is fighting against it happening?
1: Well, that's a good question, Representative Ford. uh, Beth, either of you have any thoughts about that? Is there any resistance, or or have we just simply not uh, asked the question yet?
4: Oh, we've asked the question. It's just a matter of um, it's just a matter of having people um, come out and um, fight for it with the legislators and with Safer Foundation, with uh, Cabrini Green Legal Aid, because the political will is not there. Everything is political, and people worry about the next election and it's called being soft on crime that republicans and some democrats refuse to um, vote on things like that i've had legislation to ask for things to be um, expunged and sealed after 10 years and and people have objected to that being the case so I think that we have great gains in Illinois as it relates to having these records sealed. And people being able to get those records sealed will help people get housing. And it sort of brings the um, picture into view where we have so many people getting these records sealed. It puts us in the next phase of saying, look, these people are now working, and there's no reason for them to have these records sealed on their record even though they're sealed law enforcement can still see it the courts can still see it i've lived a better life as a result of the ceiling now i want to die with a clean record and i want my record expunged you know and i think that what we're doing now we're training the general assembly we're training the public and teaching them that it is only right and just to make sure that people have a clean slate in life well, it, it sound, takes time.
1: It sounds like uh, representative that uh, timing is is part of this too. So maybe this is one of those things that after after the uh, midterm elections, the fall elections uh, here in Illinois, that maybe next spring the timing might be good to to go after that because we won't uh, have have people running for office at that time. Does that does that seem like that makes sense?
4: Yes, and I think we should talk about it now so that it's not so harsh on people um, when they hear it I think that these type of proposals whether they seem to be um, hard to do or not should always be challenging our um, legislative body and the governor and and legislators in the House and Senate and you know I think that's what we have to do as as, um, as a public make sure that we raise these questions just like your caller did
2: Yeah and and, and, and Rep Ford just to, and to, to what you're saying and I just want to say it is an honor and a privilege to work along CGLA and members like you to make these systems levels intervention I think that what makes these bills that we've and these laws that we've talked about so unique is that We did not say, okay, we're going to stop that incremental change. We saw that there was a big change that needed to happen, and we put forth everything that we could to achieve that. And and we didn't get a chance to talk much about occupational licensing reform, but I feel like a lot of the work that we're doing um, is building on the momentum of each other and I think that it, it definitely has to be everyone at the table, including the people being uh, directly impacted, because what we're seeing is the restoration of rights, um, and, and we can only do that um, together, and we cannot just accept, you know, that the climate's not right. We have to keep moving forward. So I just wanted to commend the work that you're doing and that I know that we have a lot to a lot of work to do, but I'm a person that definitely believes that um, anything is possible as long as you have the will behind you.
1: So so if, uh, uh, if an individual wants to get the assistance of Cabrini Green Legal Aid, Beth, how do they reach you and your organization?
3: Anyone could call our office to receive information at 312-738-2452. We have a help desk that's open in the Daily center on the tenth floor um, Monday through Thursday. You should get there by eight thirty a m The first twenty individuals are assisted every day. Um, this culminates in about seven thousand people a year that come through receiving our services.
1: Okay, very good. and uh, do you
3: have a line item in the state budget? No, we don't get any of your money representatives. <laughs> Except yeah. through contracts, wow. when the Department of Corrections gets sued, but we have all private funding. Very, I, very right. no state and funding. And I,
0: I think the the biggest thing that this legislation and the impact of policy change does is that it restores hope in the communities that have been mm-hmm. disproportionately impacted by mass incarceration and Jim Crow restrictions. And I think best leadership with Rocky. In these past couple of years has set the tone as part of the national conversation we're having with Just Leadership USA that the people who have the most to gain and the most to lose must be leaders in this criminal justice reform movement. So, Beth Johnson, you know I love you.
1: Okay. I love
4: you too. too. Well, hey, that's where
1: I feel. <laughs> thank, thank you both so much, Representative Lashawn Ford and Beth Johnson. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, there's a, another caller on the line, but we're running out of time, so we're going to ask the engineer to get the question. Maybe have the person leave their number, and we'll we'll uh, have uh, Beth have you. Uh, Uh, contact them and uh, give them an answer to the question that they have. So uh, a very, very uh, good conversation today about policy and advocacy. Um, Quickly, uh, Tony, Beth, if if somebody out there wants to get involved, kind of grassroots involvement in some of the policy and advocacy work, um, how, how do they do that? Is, are there any mechanisms uh, for them to do that, any groups or organizations well, they can join? I think them?
0: on our part, and, Victor, as Sadiq has said earlier, through the Safer Policy Institute, what we're doing is that Asavri Sodi sends out weekly updates as part of recruiting people. We've done training to get people moving forward to understand the power of advocacy. And then I know Beth, with the Rocky Group, she can uh, chime in as far as uh, how to be engaged and involved in those activities.
3: Anyone could email us at advocacy at cgla.net. That's advocacy at cgla.net. If you reach out to us, we will make sure that one of our organizers gets back in touch with you and finds ways to engage you in this work um, in Springfield and, and beyond.
1: Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. And uh, Kim, uh, our co-producer, Kimberly Van, uh, I think you have a brief announcement, and we're going to wrap it up after that.
6: Thanks, Victor. The 2018 Safer Foundation Gala is coming up on Friday, May 4th. Registration is closed, but we are looking forward to sharing a fun-filled evening with our clients and partners, including honorees, Jean Jones, CEO of the Chicago Housing Authority, Dorval Carter, president of the Chicago Transit Authority, and a partner, ComEd. We'd like to thank the following sponsors for their support, BMO Harris Bank, ComEd, Eurist Dining Services, Presence Health, AT&T, BKD, LLP, Crawford Investment, GE Healthcare, Cantor & Morgan, Patent, IT, Lisa Foundation, and U.S. Bank. Thanks again.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. Um, You know, if you want to learn more about Safer Foundation, you can reach us at www.saferfoundation.org, or you can contact us at safertransitions at saferfoundation.org. Uh, You can call us at 888, uh, that's 888-972-3374, or you can reach us on social media at Safer Foundation, at uh, at Safer Foundation on Facebook and Twitter. So we're going to be back next week. Uh, We're looking forward to having a a pretty spirited conversation. Again, uh, we want to thank WVON, thank our engineer, uh, Titus Williams, our co-host. Hosts uh, Tony Lowry, our executive producer Landon Williams, co-producer Kimberly Van, production assistants Brienne King and Janice Jones. Thank you for listening to Safer Transitions. Um, to, tune in uh, next for our next show on Saturday, May twelfth at two p.m. right here on Talk, the Talk of Chicago, WVON AM sixteen ninety, and on iHeartRadio. Radio. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon and weekend. See you, listening to you, talking to you next week. Bye.